welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 162, for Saturday the 20th of July, 2019. Coming up this week, I'm back to listing in giveaway events as I start to top up my email lists. I'm now listed in four different thriller events. Now You See Her is 5,000 words from the end. I'll let you know how the writing and the editing is going. And more reshuffles than the UK government. I've tweaked my rapid release plans once again. Again, I'll fill you in with all the details. But first, I've written another 20,000 or so words this week. I've, in the last five minutes, just closed Scrivener and completed today's 5,000 words. So let me tell you the word count since I last spoke to you on the podcast diary. On Saturday the 13th of July, I wrote 5,254 words. Uh, on Sunday, the 14th of July, 5,087 words. Thursday, the 18th of July, 5,019 words. And I've just closed Scrivener down on 5,068 words today. And that takes me up to 70,000 words. Now, in actual fact, because I always write over, I'm considerably over 70,000 words. It's probably nearer 74, maybe. So I I will have overwritten this book. It's going to be closer to 80 than it is going to be a 75,000 word book. Uh, But that's just the way it goes. I always count in blocks of five. um, And as far as I'm concerned, on Sunday, I'm writing to 75,000 words. So one more day of writing. Now, I got a bit of a funny day tomorrow. Uh, I got an appointment uh, at nine o'clock first thing, which is very frustrating because it means I'm going to have to miss my park run. So I'm a bit agitated about that. But uh, I need to take this uh, appointment and um, I might be done in five minutes. I might be done in five hours. I'm not sure. So if I'm there and back, I'll write uh, and, and finish the book tomorrow. If I'm not, the scheduled day for writing is going to be Sunday. I would rather write tomorrow if I can, but I haven't got a clue how the day is going to pan out. I just got to play that by ear. Um, so either Saturday or Sunday, but the book will be finished on uh, Sunday by Sunday. And um, I'm, <laughs> I'm writing really, I've written really fast today because uh, all the final events are happening in the book. I've left the protagonist upside down in a burning car at the bottom of a deadly hill, um, trying to saw his way through a seatbelt because he's jammed upside down in a car which is just about to burst into flames so that's where I left it today and um, I got 5,000 words to tie up all the loose ends so I'm at that point in the book where even even I'm so excited I just want to get the thing written but I'm not going to carry on writing today I want to come to it fresh uh, hope, well on Sunday maybe even Saturday. Now, as you know, I've had a bizarre experience this week because I've caught up with myself. I I actually this week now, because I I need to get this book out fast, I need Adam Nichols to be able to look at it, I need Julie Cordoner to have a look at it, to edit it, and we need to get it ready for the 9th of September, which frankly is ages, isn't it? You know, we've got a month to go on the 9th of August, and it's going to be, when am I going to have it ready? 21st of July. We've got ages left. We've got six weeks left till this thing has to be out. So that's a long time, plenty of time to get it ready. But I can't hang on to it. Uh, I, you know, I need to pass it on and let people who are wiser than I am uh, get their editing mitts over it and sort it out. So uh, this week on Tuesday evening, I edited 
and I actually caught up with my writing. So I wrote to 60,000 words last Sunday, and then I edited to 60,000 words on Wednesday. So I had edited everything I'd written by that point. And also, uh, Bill Kokos, who's, who's been doing the sort of Americanisms on it, uh, Bill had also caught up. So we were all caught up on Tuesday, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for me to have another writing day. Um, when I edit tonight, I'll be up to 65,000 K words. And then tomorrow, uh, depending on how tomorrow pans out, I'll have edited up to what I just wrote today. So it's been a very, very funny experience because normally I would get the book fully written before I came back to edit it. Whereas this time um, I've been chasing myself to get the edits done, but it will be edited. And by edited, I mean first pass edited. That means Bill's been through it. Bill's checked my language for Americanisms. He's put me right on a lot of things. Also very helpfully, Bill has gone through and changed a lot of spellings and errors, just errors that I made. And so I've come in after Bill. I've accepted uh, virtually all of Bill's changes. Um, uh, usually the one, the only changes I usually reject are stylistic changes where I've done something for a, a purpose or a reason um, as a part of the structure of the story or part of my style. So I've pretty well accepted virtually everything that Bill suggested. And then I've come through it one more time and read and changed and tweaked and made things clearer. Um, so at that point, I think that Adam will take it. He'll give it a, a quick read. Because Adam went through my structure with a fine tooth comb, he'd made notes about the story structure. Um, and they mainly pertain to things like vi uh, violence. He, he's very keen not to overuse violence. And he, he just put a couple of pointers in there. Very, very light touch at the planning stage. But I factored in everything that Adam uh, suggested. I'm not precious about this. You know, I'm, I'm quite happy to respond to guidance. Um, so I factored in all Adam's changes because it has to obviously suit his audience. And so I was saying to him the other day when we were exchanging notes via Facebook, I said, there, won't, there aren't going to be any shocks in there for you. I've just stuck to the plot. I've made the changes that you asked for. So he, by the time he reads it, he'll either think the whole thing's awful and my writing style's awful, which is the worst case scenario, or what he should just do is rattle through it and say, yeah, that's pretty well, you know, that's what we discussed. If he's got any refinement, any things that might just improve the story, he'll throw those in. Otherwise, hopefully we'll get a rubber stamp. Off it goes to Julie. Julie will edit it. We'll get it processed and out it is, uh, out it is for rapid release on the 9th of September. So that's very exciting. I, I can't believe how fast I've written this one. I, I, um, I know I'm reasonably productive. I know there are people way more productive than me, but it feels like I've flown through this one, particularly as I'm editing it. And I'm editing it, reading it, thinking it's good old yarn, this, there's nothing wrong with this. Plenty of action, uh, lots of intrigue. Um, I, I'm, I feel quite happy with it. So I'm happy to have um, Adam's suggestions, but it feels like the pace is good. Uh, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to write the I'm going to write the final five thousand words on Sunday, and still you haven't got a clue what's going on. <laughs> you, uh, I, I, I've I've released bits, I've suggested bits, but you're going to get everything in this last five thousand words, and that's how I like it in a psychological thriller. Um, I don't like you to know too early uh, what's going on, but you're going to know. You're not going to know. Let me have a hang on. I can't remember. Where are you going to know? It might be in the next thousand words or the next chapter or the chapter after that, that you finally know what the heck's going on. And then you'll get a, a final chapter where you kind of find out who died, who got away, uh, what happened, because it's going to end. Um, so yeah, it is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to end on a real big cliffhanger <laughs> uh, in the penultimate chapter. And then the last chapter, we kind of pick up the loose ends and, and, and see who got away and what was happening. And you'll get your kind of explanation as the characters discuss the final event. So I'm always very pleased when I can 
just keep that that nugget of what happened right till the end it's always very exciting so um yeah very pleased with that um that'll be done and i'll let you know next week how we got on so um to bring you up to up to date with the rapid release schedule because i've been working so hard on this book i don't really feel like i've had the clear headspace to plan my next book two years after and i was supposed to be starting that book thursday next thursday and as we've got closer to the time and as i've been editing i've just been thinking you know my mind is on now you see her my mind is on this book so i sat down was it at the weekend i sat down at the weekend i think it was dropped julie cordner a note just just clarifying some dates with her some delivery dates with her remember that when i started my plans my morecambe bay books were going to be released a week apart but now I've decided at the tail end of rapid release to to put the Morecambe Bay series 28 days apart as Craig Martell from 20 Books of 50k recommends. So I, I was able to shift and slip some dates and rejiggle things. So I, I've had a big rejiggle this week and I don't have to, I'm really pleased about this, I don't have to start writing two years after until I come back from 20 Books Edinburgh, which means that the two days, Thursday and Friday of next week, which I was going to use for writing, I'm now, I've now got for planning, which will be plenty. I've got loads of ideas for two years after. I just need to sit down, uh, sequence it, come up with the twist. Well, I've got the twist, actually. I know what the twist is. Um, and I just need to, to plan out the chapters. So I'm very happy about that. I've got two writing days put by to finish planning that. I'll go to 20 Books Edinburgh. That'll give me some refresh time. And then I will start to write it on um, actually the, the 1st of, of August. Thursday, the 1st of August is when I will start to write um, two years after so I'm very happy for that space it it felt just a little bit too intense to, to just finish this on the Sunday and then get back to writing now to be honest with you probably if I sat down and wrote I, I'd probably get those chapters together but um, I'm sure I could pull it together but actually I just thought you know this is nice we've got 20 books we've got a nice weekend away talking to authors it actually suits me not to start writing until after 20 books Edinburgh, just to have a little week off writing, a little bit of headspace. That'll make me come to two years after nice and fresh. So that's what I'm doing because I can. And I went through the whole um, planning notes, all my planning notes here. I mean, my planning notes are here till March next year. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But I went through everything, working out how long I needed to edit everything, the sequence I needed to edit everything. I just gave everything a review. And, and just to add into that, that at the, the end of last week's diary, I said to you, I was talking to you about Friends Who Lie, which is the book that Helen Fasal has got to edit. And because I agreed my editing schedule with Helen way ahead. So I gave her my schedule and she's packed in other books, obviously around mine. She's got other, other editors to work with instead of me. Um, I didn't know I would be writing this much. So clearly I haven't been able to send that to Helen, which is where on why uh, Julie is stepping in to do those uh, edits. Um, Helen uh, was trying to get um, Friends Who Lie, Who to Trust. That's the old title for it. I, I know that she'd asked me to send it to her because she said, I'll try and get to it a little bit earlier if I can to hit the rapid release plans. But when I was talking to you on the diary last week, and this is why this diary is so interesting so useful for me because I articulate a lot of what I'm doing and when I'm doing it sometimes I make joins and I, I think of ways of doing things better so I have shuffled the order around slightly and I've put the order on this week's show notes if you go to selfpublishingjourneys.com look at the show notes for episode 162 you'll see the 
the updated, and I say the final, <laughs> famous last words, but the latest iteration of what the rapid release is going to be like. So again, it's always handy, I think, if you read along. Now you see her started all that's immovable. That goes on Monday, the 9th of September, because that has to feed into, it's the first book in my rapid release, but it's now part of Adam's sequence. There's, there are a couple of books before it by the time he gets to it. So it has to hit 9th of September for Adam Nichols. Monday the 16th of September is Dead of Night. That's edited and ready to go. On Monday the 23rd of September, the book that was One Fatal Error that's going to be called One Last Chance. Now this book has been shuffled, so I pretty well bumped everything by a week. And this allows me to bump who to trust, or as it will be called when it's re-released, Friends Who Lie. I've managed to bump it right through to 28th of October. So the new order is 30th of September, Burden of Guilt. That's now going to be called No More Secrets. Then on the 7th of October, I release a brand new book. Book five is a brand new book, uh, as is Now You See Her, of course. Uh, That's good to be So Many Lies. Uh, on the 14th of October, that will be a box set, which is made up of Dead of Night, One Fatal Error, and So Many Lies. Those are my fast, action-packed thrillers. On the 21st of October, we go to Two Years After. So that's the book I haven't even written yet, uh, which is going to go to Julia as soon as I've written. And Two Years After is going to be very much like Now You See Her has been, in that I'm going to be editing it as I write it. It's going to be one of those, and then I'm going to give it to Julie really fast, and it will have quite a quick turnaround. Uh, then we move on to my second box set, which includes, oh, I can actually, I've just spotted, no, no, I can do that. I thought I'd made a mistake there. So 21st of October is two years after. Uh, that's a female protagonist book. And then I, the, the latest I can squeeze, um, who to trust. Its new title will be Friends Who Lie is the 28th of October. That's the latest I can squeeze it. So, um, what I'm hoping is that I, I, uh, I might get that book uh, back in time, uh, by Helen Fazal then to, to release. If not, it'll get released in its current form. Uh, and, uh, and then, um, the version that's edited by Helen will, will replace it the minute I've got it. Uh, the, the properly fully edited version of that book. Uh, on Monday, the 4th of November, I will release the second box set, which is the uh, Burden of Guilt, Who to Trust Two Years After. So those are my female-led books. And then the 11th of November, Monday the 11th of November, that's when I move into my Morecambe Bay books. So Left for Dead, which is already written and has been edited by Julia, needs a final edit by me. Uh, That's good to be released on the 11th of November. So unless I spot any clever patterns in there, that's how it's good to be. Now, again... um more shuffleability maneuverability that I've got is that if I if for whatever reason uh, I can't have the more bay box set ready and edited by by November sort of mid to, to late November um, I do have the option of course of re-releasing the don't tell Meg trilogy and buying myself some time with that so I'll, I'll figure all that out nearer the time I think to a certain extent with this rapid release I know what the first month is that's that's fixed it's pretty well fixed in stone now and actually all those books are ready I could release all of those books now I could release up to week five am I right in saying that yeah when I get now you see her back I could release up to no up to week six I could up, release up to week six now once I've got the edit for now you see her back so to a certain extent, I'll, I'll take it up to that point. And then if I need to do any rejiggles, reshuffles, remaneuverings, I could do them at that point. So uh, this is iterative. It may well change again. And let me refer you back to one of my favorite books by Brian Tracy. It's called Flight Plan. 
the destination remains the same throughout, the route, the course that I take gets constant course corrections, even though the aim, the the end point, the destination, if, you, if you're talking about a flight plan, the destination is, is always the same. And I don't care about that. I expect that. That's just part of business. It's just part of planning that we always have to iterate and rejiggle things. And as I'm looking at plans, this is why I like to write it down. As I'm looking at it, as I'm talking to you, often I see refinements and I think actually it's cleverer if I do it in this order. It buys me more time. It buys Helen Fasal more time if I do it in this order. So that's why I'm constantly looking at it, looking at it and thinking, can I do that better? So, um, you know, as I say, going back to flight plan, I'll try and remember to put a link to flight plan uh, in the show notes for this week because it is a great book and it's a good philosophy, I think, a biz- big uh, f- business philosophy because you know I'm a big planner. And you know I have all my objectives to my left-hand side here, but that doesn't mean that I can't tweak things. It doesn't mean that I'm they're set in stone. It doesn't mean that I can't see a better way of doing things or a more refined way of doing things. Um, you know, a plan is just that. And it could be screwed up, thrown out, and um, improved. Uh, I think the important thing is when you're planning is that you don't procrastinate. You're not putting things off. You're not just making excuses not to do stuff. Um, so I always see my refinements, well, minor refinements rather than procrastinations. Um, the, pl- the plan is the same uh, to rapid release all these books. It's just the journey that I take to get there um, just might be slightly different from what it started out as. So those are the current rapid release plans. September the 9th, that's where we hit the ground running. So let's go into general news now. I said to you that before we hit rapid release, that I want to build my list, give my list building a bit of a boost. Um, so that, because obviously as I release each book, my mailing list is going to get thrashed during that time. And I will warn my subscribers of that and say, you're going to get a lot of emails because I'm selling a lot of books. So you're going to know all about these books. You'll hear about the best pricing. You always need to have a what's in it for me when you when you tell people that, but they'll know that they're going to get more than usual emails. I will tell them about that. No point having a list if you don't thrash it when you need to. Um, so and if you don't like it, you know where the unsubscribe button is. That's always my my view of that. But I'm here to sell books. Um, and, you know, if you can't deal with that, get off my list. Um, and that sounds very ruthless, but I've been doing this for a long time. There is a rude way of saying it. And this is a usually a swear-free podcast. I'm not going to say it. It's a very blunt way of, of putting it. I don't know whether to say it. I'm not going to say it. Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to say. It. I'm not going to say it because we have a family audience, and, and I, I don't want to set a precedent. But it's basically, you know, make your mind up. Don't be a tire kicker. Um, you, you know, stay on the list if you're interested. Get off it. Get off it if you're not. And that sounds very ruthless, but I've been doing this, you know, long enough. And um, it's the same way as the podcast. If you like it, listen to it. If you don't, go away. Find something else that you do like listening to. I've been sort of dealing with customers long enough to to, to know that they kind of either like you or they hate you. Uh, and you don't really want people to kind of be indifferent to you uh, as an author, as a podcast host, as an emailer, really. You either want the, it to resonate with them um, or not. You know, leave the room if you don't like it. Um, that's kind of what you're after when you're trying to build a thousand true fans. They either need to like you or not. But if they're indifferent to you, indifferent is what you don't really want. So they are going to be getting a lot of emails. And with that in mind, I'm having a, a list boosting attempt before I start rapid release. So this week in the evenings, I've been listing my books. I've done some editing in the evenings. And when I finish the editing, I've been listing in these giveaways. So I now have giveaways listed in Book Funnel, Prolific Works, 
story origin. And then I have another one which I'll talk to you about in a moment or two. So um, Book Funnel has been great because I think, well, last time I looked, which was this morning, I got 28 entries already and, and uh, I'm only ta- accepting 30. I've knocked back three or four because of the, the covers were rubbish or they were in the wrong genre. I've got one that's borderline. I'll just wait and see what the quality of the last entries is. But I'm, I'm almost good to go with Book Funnel, which is fantastic. Now, these, I may shoot myself in the foot, but whatever, this has to be done on a tight time scale. I'm running all the giveaways at the same time. I'm kind of hoping that they'll go mainly to a different audience, but I don't have the personal bandwidth to be doing them at different times. I've, I've just set some dates. So the dates I've set are, he says, trying to find them. Uh, where are my dates? Just trying to... Oh, here they are. I found them. Um, so these giveaways are all going to start the book funnel, the prolific works and the story origin um, ones are going to work. They're all going to go on the 19th of August. That's when they launch and they finish on the 30th of August, which is in time to get all those people freshly on my list, ready for when rapid release starts on the 9th of September. Now, there is method in my madness with this because um, my I need to send them an email. Um, I, I'll send an email out on the 25th of August. I always send it my monthly email out on the last Sunday of the month. And because I need to promote my own giveaways, I decide, this is why I've bunched them all together. They're all going to get promoted on that last day of the month email. So I don't overwhelm my existing list. I just say, basically, um, I've listed three different books. And actually, the three books I've listed are just the the books I'm about to re-release. So I don't care about that because most people won't even read the things. They're all going to have new titles and new covers. So I've listed the old books as they were in the formats that they were, and they're all going to build my list. So I think One Fake Lair is in there, Left for Dead's in there, and probably Who for Trust. The original versions are all in there to build my list. And I, I, I'm sort of fine with that. They'll run for those uh, those periods. I'll top up my list with who knows how many people and um, that's great. And then I'll, I'll, what I'll do after that, I, I, I'll have a decision about it. I'll either hold another giveaway to boost the list during the list building process. Cause of course I'm paying now for prolific works and book final, having gone back to free, I'm now paying for them to give me the proper promotion options and the, the, the marketing options that I need within them. Um, or I'll just go back to free after the giveaways are finished and, uh, not not pay and then just pay for them next time I need them. So that's three giveaways. Um, so book funnel, yeah, that filled up pretty quickly. I think I only run 30 slots on these giveaways because I think if you get too many books, it gets overwhelming. There's a balance, I think, and experience has taught me this. There's a balance between how many other authors you have participating and how many people you build on your list. And because I run very tight giveaways, that they're, they're very genre specific. I kick out anybody who hasn't got a title that fits in with the genre tropes that I've got. So I think they're very nice niche focused giveaways. And that, and that seems to be appreciated by people who list in them. Um, I have that sort of strategy and, and that works well for me. You, you get, you generally get a pretty good list off that. And, and I want a focus list. You know, I don't want people who are reading psychological thriller romance if there is such a topic. Um, I want people who are, very, very closely focused on what I'm writing. So uh, that's how I set out my stall. Um, so far on prolific works, uh, by the way, I still hate that 
blurb thing. When I listed my giveaway, there was no way of saying, do you want blurbs? Don't you want blurbs? So on the first message that you get when you become a contributor to that prolific works giveaway, I've put a message saying, I don't like blurbs, don't feel obliged to write them. Um, whether anybody sees it or not, I doubt it, but at least I've done that. And I will, when I've got a few more numbers, I will write a message to everybody and say, look, don't write blurbs, they're horrible. I wish I had the option to turn them off. You know, don't don't bother with it. Uh, so I'm a third full on the Prolific Works giveaway. So it's 30, 30 slots. I think I filled 11 of them so far. So Prolific Works is a little bit slower. I haven't, um, I've, only, I've only just begun actually. So hopefully it's just been approved, but I've, I need to list those events. I won't need to list the book funnel one because it's filled itself, but I need to list those events in the various um, Facebook channels, you know, where you can let people know about giveaway. So I haven't even done that yet. This is just organic traffic. Um, but it's so long since I've done it, I've got to find the groups that I used to submit to. So I'll find those groups and I'll do that over the weekend and hopefully that'll bring the the numbers up. But I got loads of time till these giveaways even start. I thought, well, I better give myself a clear month to recruit. If you think the book funnel's done already, I'm pretty sure, well, I, I just know from experience that Prolific Works will fill. Um, Story Origin, it's the first time I've used Story Origin. It is free, but I've only had two entries on Story Origin at the moment. So it's very, very quiet. Doesn't cost me anything. So if I get an embarrassing number of submissions, I'll just pull it and, and cancel it. Um, but if we get up to 30, that's great. But I did want to try Story Origin because um, I think that, I can't remember the name of the guy who runs it, but I think Story Origin is trying to do some very good things um, and I want to support it. Uh, but it looks, early feeling is, is that maybe there's, there's not enough people using it at the moment. I think it's free at the moment. So I would urge you to get yourself an account and have a look at it. But they do um, newsletter swaps and all sorts of, you know, fairly cool things in Story Origin. So it really is a service that I want to support in its early stages because it's looking pretty good but I, I hope it's got a big enough audience for me to run a viable giveaway we'll, we'll wait and see we'll wait and see um but I, I really want to put story origin through its paces this is the first opportunity I've had to do that um so I'll let, I'll let you know how it goes so so the other giveaway the fourth giveaway I've got is a book sweeps giveaway and book sweeps is slightly different from from these giveaways in that with book sweeps you you pay to enter um, you're, you're, you're basically entering for a prize pack of books plus the chance to win an e-reader. So the proposition is slightly different. And um, all the authors, obviously, who are involved promote that giveaway. And I know you get a lot of members on your list. You do pretty well out of the list when you do a book sweeps. So interestingly, I probably should have done it, to be honest with you, but I, I did it anyway. Who, what the heck? It's not going to hurt me. I've, got, I've actually got a book sweeps um, sci-fi giveaway running as we speak. Um, so when does that end? It started on Monday and it ends on Wednesday. So um, I will get a top up for my sci-fi list. Now, I did that thinking that I might, there was a stage when I thought I might start my sci-fi rapid release, rapid re-release before Christmas. But I've decided because I've nicked the money that, uh, from my Secret Bunker BookBub event, that money originally was to buy the covers for that, but I've I've requisitioned that cash because it's cash in I say it's cash in hand, it's earned income. And that earned income is going to go to pay for edits on the Morecambe Bay series now, so that I don't have to release those. It just again, it just makes more sense. Focus on the thrillers and then bring the, the sci-fi in later. So I'm kinda banking on being able to get a second bookbub promo on the grid one. And that that will then bring in the money for the covers 
on the sci-fis next but that, that money's now it was going to go for sci-fi covers not anymore it's now going to go on what's it going to go on it's going to go on the edits because i want to do those edits and that that then brings all my books up to date with edits they're all edited and released that's the best i can do it's the best i can throw at a rapid re-release they're all going to have quality covers on none of paul's dodgy covers they're all getting great covers they're all getting great edits that's the best i could do i don't know if i fail at that you know that i have to find another way um another route through um but i'm throwing everything i've got at the rapid re-release of the books and if if i don't make a penny no ironically in this i've just i've assumed zero income i've 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 budgeted for expenditure and i'm assuming zero income i'm just assuming that a little bit of tumbleweed's going to roll across the room and i don't sell a book i'm not going to make any projections i'm not going to hazard any guesses at all so any income is going to be a pleasant surprise now i know enough that i'm going to make some income from that i just don't know what the level of income is going to be i'm assuming in my mind but before we start and i have to say this is not me being negative about it it's just i've done so many launches now i know not to get my hopes up so i have i have great hopes i strive to get the best results that i can but my expectations are always tempered so I'm not going to be disappointed if it just falls flat. So um, worst case scenario to me is I end up launching however many books it is and I sell a few, make a little bit of money, but it doesn't really set the world on fire. That's kind of worst case scenario. Best case scenario is that we get something that approximates what Adam Nichols had. And frankly, if I have half of what Adam Nichols had with his 100K um, launch, I'll be very, very happy with that. Um, so just to let you know the kind of range that my, my head is in with that. So um, yeah, to, to help all of that, obviously I need to have build a list uh, because I'll be I'll be paying for promos. I'll be using Amazon ads. I'm going to try Facebook ads again using the little trick that um, that I've got that should enable me to do paid ads. But I don't I don't run any tests in case they pull it. I want I want to start sort of paying for those ads when I got something live. And if Facebook pull it and say no, back to Facebook jail pull, uh, then um, <laughs> you know then I'll just have to take that on the chin and I'll use Bookbub ads. Not, but not the big book, but promos, but book, but ads, uh, the pay as you go version and Amazon ads and, and, you know, whatever I, and, um, paid book for promos. That's what I'll use to, to send traffic to them. So, um, exciting times. Um, I thought that would take me longer than it did. So I was, I was quite pleased to have those all set up. I do have to just do a little shuffle with the interiors of those books. And this is why I love having vellum because at the moment, I think those interiors link to all the books in my series. But of course, the only thrillers I'm selling at the moment, I don't tell Meg. So I just have to make some tiny little changes. It'll only take me five minutes in vellum and re-upload the files just to make sure that the links in the back of the books that I'm giving away in book final and prolific works, just to make sure those links send you to books that are actually there. Because at the moment, the, the standalones are not being sold. They're not available for sale. So I don't want to be sending people through to, to dead links. Uh, and by the way, I'll let you know how that uh, book sweep sci-fi promo goes as soon as I get the results from it. So what happens is they send you a nice Excel spreadsheet full of new subscribers. I'll let you know how I did in that uh, when that arrives. But um, again, I, I probably shouldn't have paid for that because I'm not going to do my sci-fi rapid re-release until at least uh, New Year now, um, until I've got the money in uh, for the second time to do the sci-fi covers. So I'm just going to wait um, for that. Uh, for now but um if i top it up by i don't know 300 400 subscribers 
that's fine. Um, they, they still get my monthly emails. Um, they still go through the onboarding sequence where I tell them all about my sci-fi book. So there's still potential to make sales there, even though I don't have my rapid re-release in sci-fi all ready to go. I've done a little bit of um, messing around with the schedule this week. I've got this um, hospital appointment. It's it's nothing serious. It's just one of these, um, you know, you need to dip into the hospital and um, and and they'll they'll do something and you'll be gone in five minutes and it won't hurt. You know, it's just one of those things. And um, but I got a I got the appointment. Was it on Monday? It was either Monday or it might have been Saturday. Actually, it came in the post. I don't know, but it was one of these things I'd given up on. Um, and it, and and it came in and um and I don't know how long it's going to last. It just says I got to be there at nine o'clock. And for a moment, I thought, oh, that's part run day. That's when part run starts. Uh, I don't really want to do it. And then I thought, oh, it's taken so long to get through. I'd given up on it. I sh- I ought to take the appointment. I won't mess around and rejiggle it so so i'm taking the appointment i am getting a park run volunteer in though i'm not doing nothing with park run so i'm going to turn up at 10 to 8 i'll get a volunteering stint in um setting up the course i'll be done by half eight in the car over at the hospital by nine and i don't know you know you know what it's like well you won't know if you live in the states or elsewhere in the world but in the uk you're just grateful these days that you've got an appointment in the first place who knows how long I'll be there. So hopefully I'll just whiz straight through. They'll do what they're going to do and I'll be out and on my way. And in which case I might get some writing done. Um, but if I, I might be there for a couple of hours, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Anyhow, it's not life threatening. It's nothing serious. It's just one of these kind of routine, tiny little things. Um, but I, I had to sort of shuffle, shuffle my time, um, defensively because I just don't know how long I'm going to be there and how much of the day it's going to take up. So uh, I'll let you know next week kind of what happened. I did my last infill client work yesterday. Uh, and by infill, I mean, um, I've been getting lots of requests to do um, one-to-one client work. But I, I did my last client for two hours yesterday. So I wrote in the morning, had a bit of dinner, rushed out and did two hours with a client, which is paid work, of course. And that's it now for the summer. Um, so my summer, I'm now on summer holiday mode because the schools in the UK broke up today. And that was going to be the end of my writing. That was going to be it. So uh, I, if I stick to, if I stick to my original plan, uh, I would finish writing. Now you see her on Sunday and that would be it. I'd take summer off and, and just do the edits and things when they came in, but there would be no writing over summer. Um, but I am, I have said, Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Let, let's just do this rapid release and see where it goes. So I am going to write an extra three books. Um, that's what's scheduled in at the moment. So the way I've I've worked it is I I have my three days at work Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then Thursday and Friday are my writing days. All the kids are at home now. Everybody's back from uni um, or you know wherever they are. So uh, the family's all back in the house now. My wife um, will just do the weekend shifts now. Um, although those are very disrupted with things that we're doing over summer. She's taken, she's taken a lot of leave over summer. Um, so essentially Thursdays and Fridays, I make available for family fun days because that's the days that we can all be available over summer. So to compromise, as I, as I have squeezed books in here over the summer holidays, I'm going to be up at six o'clock in the morning and, and roughly speaking, you know, my family are sleepers, so no one's going to be moving till, till eight o'clock. I'm going to write six till seven. Uh, it'll pro- I'll probably get up about quarter to six, but roughly six till seven, cup of tea, gr- grab a drink, nib out of the loo, straight back to it, seven till eight, um, cup of tea in bed for my wife, you know, chat, breakfast, and then I will get back to it probably sort of I, 10, 10 to 11 o'clock, the last writing stint. So I, I write 1,000 
700 words. It takes me an hour to write 1,700 words. So I do three one hour writing stints a day. So six till seven, seven till eight, have a break, then probably 10 to 11. Anyhow, we'll, we'll be out the house by, you know, 12 to one ish. Uh, with the family and then we'll be out late because obviously the evenings are late so we'll be out for we could be out for six seven hours um, having some fun uh, on a nice day trip but I'll do that after my writing now that suits the rhythms of my family because my wife will be up first sort of eight to nine ish um, when she's not working and then the kids will be up, you know, after that. And we've got to get them all through the shower and everything. So I just know from experience, I mean, we ain't getting out of the house. Not, not unless it's something really urgent. I don't want to, I don't want to be these summer visits to be something where I'm, I'm haranguing the children to be out of bed at the crack of dawn. It's supposed to be fun. So the, the arrangement that suits us all is if I'm up and early, cause I, I'm an early riser. It doesn't bother me. I'll be up writing and get my writing done. They won't even know it. They'll, they'll be up and showered by the time I've got that done. And then we can all head out and have a nice day. And that suits the rhythms of my, my student family. Um, and, and we're back sort of later in the evening. So that gives me, um, six weeks of kind of, you know, fun time when we can be out having fun with the family. We're going away a couple of times during that time. So we, we are into summer holiday mode. And because of that, I can't accommodate, um, clients or training anymore. So I won't be doing any corporate training. Um, I won't be doing any clients, um, in my own time, uh, during the next six weeks. It's summer holiday mode officially now. So. That's just how it kind of works out. So I'm hoping, well, I, I'll have to set my alarm. I'll have to be up at quarter to six to get the writing done. So it'll be alarm, cup of tea, desk, go. That's how I work when I work um, early. But the, that, that'll get the books written over summer. And my <laughs> my free <laughs> my free summer has gone, uh, got up the swanee because I'm doing other things. Um, so this Thursday, the 25th, I can submit the grid one to BookBub. I don't think, unfortunately, it's going to be available. Um, I won't be able to tell you the results, not unless they're very quick. Usually it takes a couple of days after you submit it. So I may may be able to tell you whether I've got a BookBub or not next Thursday. I don't expect one. Um, I think that the good thing with the grid one is there's precedent for it. So um, in the way that the secret bunker one they wanted to put that one in what was it horror they put it in the horror section and, and by the way just to summarize that because i know i know a lot of you um you know i know a lot of people personally i know a lot of you personally uh write in that sort of dystopian genre um i've got to tell you that i'm quite happy with the results that i've had from that book bub um, when they put it in horror uh i i've got um probably more money than i thought i was going to get from it it's not it's not as huge as thrillers is thrillers is undoubtedly the one that makes most money, but I'm quite happy with the results. It'll be about the same, probably uh, just a little bit less, probably than the grid went. But it, but if you're if you're hesitating about it, don't. It was absolutely fine, uh, and and the buying of the books is carrying on strong. Uh, book two, book three are still my my best selling books this month, so I, I'm I'm quite happy with it. So the what it cost me to so the income ratio is fine. It's going to be a really good month this month, and it's going to pay for those edits that, that I wanted. Um, so that's the grid. I'll let you know as soon as I can about the grid and whether it gets its book bub. Fingers crossed. I, I, I do feel that it probably will get one eventually. Uh, it's unlikely to get one immediately, but it'll probably get one eventually if I just keep trying. It would be convenient for me in terms of my timing if I got one in the next three months of trying. That would be, that would help me because that would then give me the income to get the rapid re-release sci-fi covers done. And they would all be in the pot and paid for by Christmas, ready for the new year. So if, if, Bob, if you're listening, if you could oblige me, please, 
uh, by giving me that uh, that bookbub promo in the next three months. Uh, that would be great. Thank you very much. I just wanted to mention this week, um, Publish Drive, for a number of reasons, actually. I've got to tell you how impressed I am with Publish Drive. You'll recall that I interviewed King of Genetics on this podcast uh, a couple of months ago now. I was quite surprised to say I think it was, was it April, May. And um, I love Publish Drive. They're just the kind of service that I love. They're innovative. They're always coming up with new ideas. Um, their communication is good. Their interface is good. I loved it the minute I tried it. So primarily I used Publish Drive because I was frustrated with listing directly on Google Play. So I'm, I'm, I had an old Google Play account. I hated the accounting within that. So I, I think I had a BookBub. What did I have a BookBub? Well, it must have been the BookBub, the, fir- uh, the first BookBub I did with Thrillers. I'd have, I'd have listed directly in Google Play. And the, the interface is rubbish, uh, absolutely hopeless. You can't see what you've earned. It's hit and miss. I hated it. So I, I listed then in Publish Drive. And the minute I listed in Publish Drive, I loved it. The interface is good. Everything's just great. No problem with it at all. And then when I started to make sales through Google uh, Google Play, uh, which is pretty well all I sell on Publish Drive at the moment, and I list it wide in, in sort of Chinese. I, I list it basically everywhere I can on Publish Drive, but I don't list it on Apple Books, Nook, it's only listed in terms of main channels. I only list it on Google Play. So I don't really have a lot of money coming through Publish Drive. But I have shifted, um, sort of thousands of free books and, and made, you know, some sales, but they're only on, they're only on Google Play. So I'm not a big kind of customer with them. Um, but I like it. Uh, and at the moment, of course, because I'm doing rapid re-release and when I do rapid re-release, my books are going to be on KDP Select. At the moment, I've delisted all my thrillers. So I had a load of books listed on Google Play through Publish Drive and I've just delisted. Uh, by delisted, I haven't deleted them. I've just paused them. I've just taken them off the sales shelves um, on Publish Drive. So um, I was really chuffed when they kind of reached out to me. Uh, this week and they sent me a press release and a promo package for this new service that they've got called Abacus. Now, um, I've been uh, nagging my collaborators. So, you know, I'm, I'm collaborating with John and James with the sci-fi books and with Adam Nichols, um, with the thriller. I've got a couple of collaborations of my own going on. And uh, I mean, I've been very upfront about this right from the start with my collaborators you know I've said basically if we fall out it's going to be over money uh, I like to know um, what money I'm owed I like to be paid it very swiftly if I have to wait for the money we'll fall out you know that's how I am with everybody frankly you know I, I pay you fast I expect to be paid fast in return I don't like um, sort of waiting for money um, so, and, th- and frankly that's all tied down in contracts so uh, the contracts do say that you're paid contemporaneously when, when the money comes in from Amazon, Amazon. So that is tied down um, and stipulated in the contracts. But one of the things I've been very keen for my collaborators to do is to use the team royalties functionality within Publish Drive um, so that basically um, it, it's it's a thing of great beauty as far as I'm concerned. You, you um, the main authors, now you see I'm not the main author in these collaborations. So John and James, um, if they, if they decided that they wanted to use it, they would list the books that we've co-written in Publish Drive. They would set the percentage of earnings that we both make, uh, in, in, within the Publish Drive interface. And then I would be able to see that as a contractor. I wouldn't have control of the account, but I would, um, they would nominate me as a contractor and I'd get my percentage paid to me automatically through Publish Drive. So that's great. Um, so, so that's very good. 
Um, and the same with Adam. Now, um, I'll let you know, um, obviously these are evolving situations with the collaboration. So, um, I, I, I won't tie, I'll let you know the details of those collaborations and probably do interviews on them at some point so that we could delve into those details. Cause I, I don't know what we're doing just yet, but I, I have a strong preference for it being managed by a third party system. But this week, um, published drive released Abacus. Now, Abacus is, is sort of, I, I, lo- I just love this stuff. <laughs> I love these innovations. And um, what happens with Abacus is that with co-authored books, basically, I, I would be able to see the royalty reports and it would streamline the accounting process. So if you look at something like Craig Martelli, I mean, goodness knows how many authors that he and Markel Andelay work with in 20 books. And at the moment, poor old Craig has to sort of take a download of, of the spreadsheets and figure out what everybody's owned, uh, owed. And I mean, that's a nightmare. And the other thing is, now this is, this is kind of mindset stuff. Um, when you're sort of saying, oh, I don't want to pay an extra fiver uh, to publish Drive, you've got to look at the cost to you of doing a task like accounting. Now, if you look at Craig Martell's scenario, uh, Craig's uh, focus activity, the activity that makes him the most money is writing and releasing a book. And frankly, that's the same for all of us as authors. Writing and releasing books is our primary activity. That activity is what makes us our money. Doing accounts doesn't make us money. It's a clerical job. Um, so we as authors need to try and avoid clerical jobs because they're not our, they're not the best income producing tasks that we could be working on. We should be outsourcing those. We should put it, be putting them into automated software. Uh, it's not a good use of your time as an author to be doing accounts and wading through spreadsheets. So you have to put a cost on your time. And if you spend an hour to two hours messing around with spreadsheets, trying to work out what you owe your collaborators, you need to put a value on your time and say, well, what am I worth per hour? When I launch a book, if I could make £10,000 out of a book in the first three months of release, and it takes me so many hours to write a book, how much is my time worth per hour? Now, in the early days of your career, when you're struggling, that's going to be a lower amount. But as you start to break through, the whole reason I'm collaborating with with authors that I am is because they've had a breakthrough. They are earning a certain amount from their books. I wouldn't be doing it if they if they were people who just started out, um, because that's what's in it for me. Um, you know, getting to join successful authors in collaborations, you have to put a time. A, a cost on your time. And if say you could work out that effectively that you earn 50 pounds an hour for writing a book, you then have to say to yourself, well, is it worth 50 pounds of my time or a hundred pounds to spend two hours working through a spreadsheet? And the answer is invariably, no, it's not. Pay the small amount that it costs you to use an automated service like Publish Drive. And then that will be a cost saving to you uh, effectively. So with Abacus, what this does is it, it takes in all these um, sort of automated spreadsheets that um, Amazon creates for you, and then it creates a joint portal where we could all see the royalty report. So I, you know, I would be able to see how much my books are earning as we go along. Now, for me as a collaborating author, I I want to do that. I want to see the finances. I want them to be transparent. Um, but also, um, my feeling is um, that the more collaborating authors you get the more of a bind this is going to become and it's going to slow down the accounting process. And I take you back to my original comment is, just if you keep me waiting around for money after you've been paid by Kindle, that's not um, to the word of the uh, the contracts that we've got. Um, and also everybody wants to be paid straight away. You know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm 
paid directly. I get my income straight away, regular as clockwork, like a salary. So no one wants to have to wait to be paid. So, so I think Abacus is is genius. And actually, it's interesting to hear how Published Drive have been working with Craig Martell and the 20 Books guys, because they frankly are the best model of author collaboration that there is at the moment. They're huge. So if it doesn't work for Craig Martell, it ain't going to work for anybody. But if it works for Craig Martell and Craig's saying this thing is something that we're going to use, then I think we all need to be listening to it because we learn from people who are several steps down the line from us. So I have a huge amount of enthusiasm and appetite for this. And it's going to be something that I discuss with my um, collaborators because I, I want to use it. So I've registered, as you would expect, and I have an affiliate link because um, because I'm a big fan. So I want to say congratulations to Publish Drive. If you listened back to my interview with King and Gentetics, um, I was nagging her about some other refinements I'd like to see in the team royalties section. So I would like to see a team royalties section in Publish Drive that allows, so say um, I'm working with Adam Nichols and, you know, say we're 50-50 on the royalties. So um, the team royalties section in Publish Drive would automatically give us 50% each. But then within that, I'd like Adam to be able to say, well, look, I've paid on our behalf $50 this month for Bookbub Ant. These are joint costs. And I've paid, um, you know, another uh, $100 for Amazon ads. And this was promoting the book for both of us. Um, so within the interface, this is, uh, this is the bit that I want them to add, because then you've got a really, you've got the best ever author collaboration tool ever on earth. Um, I want him to be able to deduct joint expenses from the royalties. And for me to get my royalties net of joint expenses. And then you've got, that is really, really cool. Because not only are the expenses accounted for within our team management interface, but they're completely transparent to me as a collaborating author. I can see exactly um, what I'm earning, uh, what the agreed expenses are, uh, uh, see the deductions from that, and then I get my net income from that. That's a thing of great beauty if we can manage that all within the interface. It's not, as Kinga said, it's not it's not difficult to do. It's really not difficult to do. So I'm waiting for that to pop out the sausage factory at Publish Drive. But I do want to say congratulations to Publish Drive. I mean, to me, they're just like um, Draft Digital. Uh, they, they're innovative. They're responsive to author needs. And, and I love the way they reached out to me. You know, I'm just a small podcast. I'm not a Mark Dawson. I'm not a Sell More Book Show. I'm, a, I'm just a small podcast. But they treat me every bit as seriously uh, because I can talk to new authors. They treat me every bit as seriously. They reached out to me personally. And it was a, it was a brilliant message. They wrote to me. And they and this, incidentally, this is the textbook, how you reach out to people if you if you want something from them and it is a a sort of a reciprocated arrangement but they were reaching out for me because they wanted to get the word out I've got a podcast so obviously I can get the word out to everybody who listens to this podcast so although I don't have a massive audience like Mark Dawson I got an audience and every single one of you listening is a self-published author so it makes sense for them to reach out to me but at the beginning of the email they sent me they they said um they they basically referred to the podcast. They did their homework. So um, they basically said, we know you're collaborating with um, Adam Nichols at the moment. You know, we see you collaborating and we thought you'd like to know about this. Now that is a, per that's perfect because rather than, I mean, I get pitches all the time for the podcast and I knock them back. I'm not really interested in pitches. And um, I'd rather choose the people that I speak to that's interest led, as you know. Um, and these people quite clearly don't listen to the podcast and haven't done their basic homework because if they did, they would know that I'm not accepting interviews. I'm not doing interviews at the moment. I'm on a sort of um, 
a go slower. I'm on a lights interview lights at the moment where I'm doing one a month. And as you know, I'm just talking to people that I want to talk to at the moment. Um, and so Publish Drive took the five, 10 minutes that it takes just to do a little bit of research to personalize the message to me. And because of that, they got my attention uh, immediately. And obviously, because I'm really interested in what they're doing. So um, that is an excellent example of how you reach out to people. Um, you know, you show you've done your homework. So if you if you want to talk to, if you want to appear on a podcast or you want to do a newsletter slot swap with an author, at least do them the courtesy of showing them that you've taken a few minutes to just see where they're up to, what they're doing. Um, because when, when people quite clearly don't listen to you, and they're there telling you that they're the best since things since sliced bread. It gets my hackles up, unfortunately, but Publish Drive did it perfectly. So well done, Publish Drive. Uh, three cheers for Publish Drive. And I think that's a great service. And because I think it's a great service, I, of course, have got a referral link. I asked them for a referral link. So I'm very happy to refer you um, to services and people that I use myself quite happily. Um, so if you want to sign up and take a look at Abacus, go to the resources page for uh, Paul's podcast diary 162 and my referral link is there and if you don't want to use my referral link it doesn't cost you anything uh, but it does help me to make a little bit of money off the back of this podcast it's invisible to you it's published drive who send it to me um it does, it's another way of financing this podcast so if you i'd be very happy if you use my referral links but it costs you uh, nothing there's no money out of your pocket it costs you nothing more um so well done published drive and i will look forward to seeing how that pans out incidentally i've also put um i put a lovely video on the show notes if you want to see it you know published drive to new service in a nutshell look at the video on this week's resources page and i've also put the press release there too because the press release is a brilliant summary of what they're offering Okay, so that's pretty well it for this week. Thank you very much, finally, to Edwin Downward, who's shown a picture of himself setting out for his Saturday morning commute, and he's listening to me. I'm in his podcast um, queue, and off he goes to work. So thanks very much for that, Edwin. Um, I hope it was an entertaining listen last week, and I hope it's an entertaining and informative listen for you this week. That is it for this week's podcast diary. Uh, I will be finishing... Now you see her on Sunday. It will be going out to Adam. I'll be doing my final edits on it uh, on Sunday. And this time next week, I should be telling you just ahead of heading up for 20 books in Edinburgh. I should be telling you that two years after is planned and ready to roll. If you're heading for 20 books Edinburgh, just to let you know that I'm going to be... um, I'm going to be skiving uh, on the first morning. I will be in Edinburgh from Friday afternoon. I'm arriving about three o'clock on Friday afternoon. Uh, I will be, I'm not, I don't think I'm staying in any of the hotels that the main cluster is. I'm, I'm just slightly walking distance away. Um, I found a nice little place to stay. I think it is university accommodation, but I don't know whether it's that university. Anyhow, I'm quite close. I'm walking distance, but, but not on the main campus. Um, but I am off to do a park run on the Saturday morning. The park runs in Scotland are at 9.30, so I'm going to head up to park run. So if there are anybody, anybody there who likes a bit of a run and wants to join me, just drop me an email at paul at paulteague.com. I have a feeling I'll be sneaking off alone, um, but I'll be doing the park run, jumping in an Uber, uh, getting showered, getting dressed, and then rushing over to 20 books to catch as much as I can. But I cannot resist doing that um, Edinburgh park run while I'm in the city because it's one more for me tally of what they call park-run tourist destinations. So um, thank you very much for listening. That's it for this week. Hope you have a great week of writing. Speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.